Good morning, church. Thank you so much for being part of our online worship assembly this morning. Before we get started, of course, I want to tell you how much I love you and how much I appreciate you and to remind you that we really are brighter together, whether we are together in this auditorium or together in the parking lot or together here online. We really are brighter together and we make a bigger impact because each and every one of you are involved and engaged and we appreciate you so very much. And our togetherness expands beyond just the members of this congregation. And that's why next Sunday night, we are incredibly excited about this Night in the Word Bible study that I'm going to be taking, taking part in with three other preachers from here in Collin County. In fact, Steve Young from here at McDermott Road will be emceeing and hosting that event for us. But we're going to be gathering together and having a Bible study over the book of Philippians to encourage Christians in Collin County to be unified and to be joyful because of the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus. So we want to encourage you to not only watch that live, but also participate by uh, sending in your questions and your comments. You can go to nightintheword.org and be part of that next Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. We really hope that you will join us for that Bible study all across Collin County and be inviting your friends to be watching along with us. We are continuing our series, You'll Be Glad You Did. And I want to start by telling you a story that happened back in the, the 1920s, although I'm sure that something like this has happened many, many times throughout history. Apparently, there were three men on a very foggy morning that were at a barn, and they wanted to travel by foot across the field and go about a half a mile from their barn, but it was incredibly foggy. And so the three men, they set out across the field. It was, a supposed, it was supposed to be a straight line from the barn to the place where they wanted to go, and it was half a mile away, and they walked through the fog, and they just kept walking and walking and walking, and actually their steps, if you trace it, it went in circle after circle after circle, and eventually they ended up right back at the barn, never arriving at their destination that they intended to go to. And they ended up right back where they started. And scientists have studied this phenomenon, and they're really not even sure why it happens. But they say that a human being is incapable of walking in a straight line if they're blindfolded. If a person is blindfolded, or in this case, if they were walking in very heavy fog and they can't see where they're going, they will always walk in circles. That it is impossible, not it's difficult or challenging or there are very few people that can do it, but nobody apparently is capable of being blindfolded and walking for a long distance in a straight line. They will, if they have room without hitting something else, always wander in circles. They will continue to wander in circles unless, unless they have a fixed point on which they can focus and walk towards that. The only way that we are capable of walking in a straight line is to have a fixed point on which we can focus and walk in a straight line. And you know, as we think about this idea of looking in our rearview mirror, maybe you can think back and look back at your life and think of times where you were wandering around in circles. You might not have realized it at the time. Very few of us ever realize it at the time when we're wandering around in circles. But in hindsight, we can look back at our life and realize, wow, 
Back then, I was really just kind of wandering aimlessly through life. I thought I knew where I was going. I thought I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I thought I was pursuing things that were incredibly important. But now when I look back at that, I just realized I was just wandering around in circles. For me, it's really easy to look back at my years in, in high school or in college and think I was just kind of wandering around in circles, doing what seemed good or what seemed right or seemed enjoyable at the time. For me, my biggest struggle has always been wanting to be liked, wanting to be appreciated, wanting to, to sit at the cool kid's table, you know? And so it's really easy to look back at that now and think, oh, I was really just wandering aimlessly. But, but then sometimes if we're really honest, we should look at right now and say, is it possible that I'm still wandering aimlessly. In hindsight, it's really easy to look back and say, I can tell that back then I was wandering around in circles. But maybe that's what we're doing right now. So many people in the world, so many of us struggle with this because our eyes aren't fixed on something permanent, aren't focused on a fixed point, on a fixed person. Because we're just pursuing whatever feels good, whatever seems good, whatever looks good, whatever tastes good. We're just going from one experience to another, one thing to the other. We just sort of wander around in circles. In fact, I was reading this week uh, an article about uh, the, the famous celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain and and he was talking about his life before he passed away. He took his own life a couple of years ago. And he was talking about his life and talking about a lot of the things that he had overcome and some of the success that he had achieved. And so it's really incredibly tragic that he took his own life. But it really struck me that he said that on his arm he had a tattoo in Greek that meant, I am certain of nothing. I am certain of nothing. And it really struck me how many people in the world, and a lot of people in the world that seemingly from the outside are incredibly successful, seemingly have achieved so much, seemingly have overcome so much, but they're still just wandering around in circles, certain of Nothing, just pursuing one pleasure or one experience or one thing after the other, thinking if I could do this or if I could accomplish this or if I cross this finish line, then maybe I would be happy and satisfied and finding out that that too is just a chasing after the wind. And you and I can look back in our rearview mirror and we can recognize the times where we ourselves have done that where we've been wandering around in circles. The question is, are we still wandering around in circles? Are we still just pursuing one experience or one fleeting moment or one fleeting thing at a time and really going nowhere and making no real progress? Because we want, don't we? And this is what this series is all about. We want to be able to look back at this moment in time we want to look back at this period of our life. We want to look back at this era and say, I was not wandering around in circles. I was pursuing something real, something fixed, something permanent, something important, and making real lasting progress. We want to be able to look back at this moment and be glad we were pursuing 
what we were pursuing. And that's what our text this morning is all about. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, says this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. I want to walk through that text with you real quick this morning and and think about some of the things that Paul is saying about the people in the world, But, but not just about the people in the world, an encouragement to the Christians not to live like that. But in order to know what not to do, we need to know why it is that we don't do that, why it is that we don't live that way. And notice he says this, he says that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. This is what's in all of our rearview mirror. It was in Paul's rearview mirror. It was in every single one of the Christians in Ephesus. It was in all of their rearview mirror. When they look back at their past, when they look back at the choices that they've made, the decisions that they've made, the paths that they've chosen, then all of them can say this. I used to walk as the Gentiles do. This is all of our past. So Paul isn't making fun of, and he's not mad at the Gentiles. He's simply saying, you can't live like that anymore. You must be changed. And then notice that he says, as the Gentiles do. And it's kind of interesting because most of the church in Ephesus are probably Gentile people. They're not ethnically Jewish. They're Gentiles. But actually, they're not Gentiles. They're they're two kinds of people from a biblical perspective. One are the Jewish people, God's chosen nation, God's chosen group, God's chosen people. And then there are the other nations. In fact, the word here that's translated Gentiles in Greek, it's ethnos, where we get ethnicity. The other ethnic groups, the other nations, the other people groups. And you used to be part of those other people groups. You used to be part of those other ethnicities. But now, now you are God's people. Now you are God's chosen people. This is your country. This is your nation. This is your ethnicity. These are your people. And with a change of identity comes a change of lifestyle. Or at least it should, right? As our identity changes so must our lifestyle change. And Paul has spent the first three chapters of Ephesians saying, you're no longer the same people you used to be. Now you're in Jesus. Now you're in Christ. Now you are part of God's chosen holy people. So live like it. And we have to recognize the same thing. I used to be a part of the nation's. I used to be a Gentile, but now my identity has been changed. And if my identity has been changed, then so must my lifestyle be changed. Then he says this, and and I want us to listen to this description of what it is to live as the Gentiles do. He says, this is how they, they live, in the futility of their minds. 
futility, emptiness, meaninglessness, chasing after the wind, chasing after a mist, wandering around aimlessly in circles. Paul says, this is how you used to live. When you were part of the nations, when you were of the Gentiles, this is how you lived. You just were wandering around in vain, the futility of your minds. But no more, no more walking around in the futility of your minds. He says that they are darkened in their understanding. What's the opposite of darkened? It would be enlightened, right? Now in Jesus, you are enlightened. Your eyes have been opened. The blindfold has been taken off. The fog has lifted. Now you can see. Now you can focus. Now you can see where you're supposed to be going. No more blindfolded. No more in a fog. No more darkened in your understanding. Now your eyes are open. Now you can see where you're going. Paul's not shocked that this is the way the Gentiles live. You know, it's, it's amazing to me how surprised we get that the world acts like the world. Why should that surprise us? It should never surprise us that the world lives like the world, that the world acts like the world, that the world talks like the world. I don't like it. None of us like it, but why should we be surprised by it? They have a blindfold on. There's a fog over their eyes. They're darkened in their understanding. So of course they're wandering around in circles. So were you. So would you be doing that exact thing today if it had not been for Jesus? Of course they're wandering around in circles. They're trying to do the best they can. They're trying to find their way, but they are just as a human is incapable of walking in a straight line with a blindfold on, so is a human being incapable of doing all of the right things without being able to see Jesus. Then he says, uses the word ignorance, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them. Again, that sounds like an insult and, and it's definitely not a compliment, but it's that they're lacking understanding. They're lacking knowledge. When you can't see the truth, you're ignorant. Again, that's not meant to be derogatory or angry or mad. It's simply true. And it's not just true about them out there. It's true about each and every one of us. We've all spent years in ignorance, chasing the things that felt good. It felt good to have people compliment you. It felt good for people to say, sit at my table. It felt good for people to say you're important. It felt good to go there or do this or be with that person or do this thing or chase after that thing or have this or have that or buy this or buy that. But it was ignorance that drove us to those things, thinking that in those things we'd find satisfaction or fulfillment or success or happiness. It was ignorance. And it's still ignorant if you and I pursue those things. If we walk around like we still have a fog over our eyes, like we're still blindfolded. He says, because of the ignorance that is in them due to their Hardness of heart. 
their ears are closed, their heart is closed, their mind is closed. They don't know the truth, they can't hear the truth, they're unwilling to listen to the truth. And so were you, right? I mean, again, if somebody has a blindfold on their eyes and they're wandering around in circles, they are convinced they're going straight. If you say, hey, listen, bud, you're, you're kind of veering off to the right here. You're kind of veering off to the left here. You, you got to come back the other direction. They may not listen to you because in their mind, in their heart, they're headed in the right direction. In their imagination, the, their destination is just over the next hill. And they're going in the right way. No clue that they're going around in circles. And you and I can think back to times in our life. I can think back to times in my life. I remember as a teenager, so many people could see me wandering in circles, Christian brothers and sisters, and said, Wes, nope, don't do that. Don't live that way. Don't make those decisions. And I kind of put my fingers in my ear and said, I don't want to listen. Hardness of heart. And we can look back in, in our rearview mirror and recognize times in our lives where we were hard-hearted and we were convinced we were going in a direction that was good for us or that was right or that felt good. And we were really just wandering around in circles. And Paul says, don't go back to that sort of lifestyle. He says, they've become callous. That's a good word, isn't it? Callous. Such a powerful concept that you've lost all sensibility, you've lost all sense of feeling, that you're not capable of feeling shame or embarrassment or guilt, that what's wrong feels right, what's right feels wrong, what's good seems bad and what bad seems good and, and our feelings and emotions and intuition is all mixed up and confused and upside down. Of course, the world is callous, just going about trying to fulfill their pleasures. And it always takes more, doesn't it? There's a concept called the hedonic treadmill. This idea that it always takes more to make us happy. And then once we achieve that, we really aren't any more happy than we were in the beginning. You have $1,000 and you think if I just had $10,000, I would be happy. And when you get $10,000, you're no more happy than you were when you had 1000 because you really want 100000 And when you want 100000 and when you have that, you want a million. And so on and so forth. Until you're completely callous. And in fact, he says next, they've given themselves up to sensuality to sensuality, to just whatever feels good, and then says, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Greedy means having an insatiable appetite for all kinds of impurity. And that's what we do, don't we? That's what human beings do when they're following their own gut, when they're following their own instincts, when they're following their own mind, when they're following their own intuition, that's what we do. That's what human beings do. We have an insatiable appetite for impurity, sensuality, just doing whatever seems good or feels good. But again, Paul's not, 
He's not angry at the nations for living this way. He's, he's just saying that's how human beings operate. And that's how you operated when you were part of the nations. When that was your ethnic group, when that was your nation, when that was your kingdom, when those were your people, when that was your thinking, this is how you operated. This is how we all operated, but no more. It's got to stop. When you look back at this moment in your life, what will you see? Will you see someone who was wandering around in circles, chasing the things that the people of the world chase? Isn't it amazing that you know something that the smartest and richest and most well-known, famous people in the world, if they're not Christians, you know something they don't know. You have something they don't have. You have a fulfillment that they only wish that they could have. And they're chasing something, maybe not even knowing what it is that they're chasing, trying to find it. And you already have it, but yet at times you let them convince you that they have the right sort of path. That they have the right sort of pursuit. That they have the right sort of thinking. You let them convince you that you ought to be chasing the things that they're chasing. When in reality, if you're in Christ, you already know what to be chasing. You already know where your vision should be focused. You already have that fixed point. You already have your eyes open. You already have the fog lifted. You already have the blindfold taken off so that you know where to go and how to walk in a straight line, not by your own intuition, not by your own smarts, not by your own wisdom, but because you can see Jesus. Look at verse 20. He says, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. I love that phrase. Just write that on your mind. Write that on your heart. The truth is in Jesus. Jesus is our reality. Jesus is our true north. Jesus is our fixed point. It is impossible for a human being to walk in a straight line if they're blindfolded. It is impossible for a human being to follow their own intuition and make their way in a straight path. They must have a fixed point. And the only truth, the only true north, the only truly fixed point is Jesus. And if you've learned about him and you've been taught in him and you can see him, then you have been enlightened. Take the blindfold off. Step out of the fog. And keep your eyes on Jesus. The cross. The cross of Jesus. His faithfulness to his father. His self-giving love for others. This becomes our true north. This becomes our guiding principle. This becomes our moral compass. The cross is our moral 
compass. That's why when Paul talked to the Corinthian church, he says, listen, when I was there, I knew nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's it. That's the truth. That's what you keep your eyes on. That's what you pursue. That's what will help you navigate life. He's the only one that can help you to navigate life because he is the truth. The truth is only found in Jesus. To put off, he says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Sometimes if we're honest, where we are and where we're headed looks a whole lot like where we've been. It's like that common trope in lots of old movies. You've seen it before and somebody says, I think we've passed this bush before. I think we've passed that tree before. I think we're going in circles. If we're honest, sometimes where we are and where we're headed look a whole lot like where we've been. And Paul says, don't keep going in circles. Put off the old self. In fact, the, the Greek word here for self is anthropos, where we get anthropology. Man, human being, more specifically, human being. Put off the old humanity. Put off the old human. Put off the old man. Put off the old woman. Put off the old self. Stop living that way. Because what were you getting living that way? Nothing. You were chasing nothing. You were wandering around in circles. I was wandering around in circles. I thought in high school, if they let me sit at their table and the cool kids like me, my life will be a success. And guess what? Even on the days where it happened, it really amounted to and meant nothing. But if I'm honest, sometimes right now, where I am and where I'm headed, look a whole lot like where I've been. And Paul says that can't be the way we live. We've got to put off the old self. And put on this new self that is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The only way to walk in true righteousness and holiness is to realize that the truth is in Jesus and to keep your eyes in Jesus, on Jesus. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self, to imitate God's righteousness and holiness. That's what we want, isn't it? That's what all of us want, is to do what's right, to do what's good, to be useful to God, to be righteous and holy, not, not to be perfect. None of us are going to be perfect, but to be headed in the right direction, to be pursuing something that lasts, to be pursuing something that matters, to be doing something with our life that actually matters. Something that will endure forever. And the only way to live a life that really matters, the only way to go in a straight line, the only way to live righteously and holy 
is not to follow your intuition or your gut or your instinct or your thoughts or your logic, but to keep your eyes on Jesus. Left to your own devices, you will wander around in circles. Left to my own devices, I will wander around in circles. Left to our own devices, any human being will wander around in circles. But Jesus is creating a new humanity. And he invites you to keep your eyes on him as the truth is in him. To put off your old self and to put on this new self. That's what baptism is all about, isn't it? About being buried with Jesus and being raised up, as Paul puts in Romans 6, to walk in newness of life. Now we walk in a straight line, not because we've got it all figured out, not because we know everything or our intuitions are are now straightened out, but because we see Jesus. And if we keep our eyes on him, we won't wander in circles. And that's how we'll sum up today. Keeping your eyes on Jesus is the only way to keep from wandering in circles. Keeping your eyes on Jesus is the only way to keep from wandering in circles in circles. Left to your own devices, you will follow whatever feels good or looks good or sounds good or tastes good. Left to your own desires, left to your own intuitions, left to your own logic, left to your own wisdom, you will wander around in circles and live a life that doesn't really amount to much. So will I. More specifically, so have I. And so have you. But Jesus steps in. He forgives us of what's in the past and says, okay, now don't repeat those mistakes. Now don't go in those same directions. Put off the old self. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and keep your eyes on Jesus because keeping your eyes on Jesus is the only way to keep from wandering in circles. And church, I guarantee you that if you keep your eyes on Jesus, You'll be glad you did.